You are listening to Announce, Season 3, Episode 46, Power in Acknowledging What Is. You are listening to Announce, a podcast providing inspiration, ideas, and wisdom through engaging stories, commentary, and interviews so you can live life better. I'm Jim Fugate, and it's my privilege to share an ounce with you. Have you ever sat in your car and realized that you forgot your keys inside your house? So you walk inside the key rack, and they're not there. So you search the house, trace your steps back and forth to the car and back, and you might even look in the refrigerator, and then you give up in disgust and grab the spare key out of the drawer. Then, an hour later, upon arriving home, you see the original set of keys laying on the side table directly beneath the key rack. I swear, they weren't there before. Someone must be messing with me. But they were there. You just didn't see them. In your rush to find them an hour ago when you were in a hurry, looking and seeing and not seeing, they were there, right below where you always put them. And your brain didn't recognize them. I lose a tool or two like this every day and then find it right in plain sight, lying there in front of me. Or the opposite can happen to us. We can notice something new and interesting, like a nice car, a new phrase, a behavior for the first time, and we think, wow, that's pretty cool. Then over the next few weeks, we notice the same interesting thing everywhere we go. The human tendency to see what we want to see is an innate condition, one that perhaps keeps us happy by blinding us to what we don't want to know, or just simplifying life by ignoring what we decide doesn't matter. Maybe it's an outgrowth of confirmation bias that tends to open our eyes to see what we expect or believe. It could be batter meinhof a phenomenon where what one focuses on, thinks about, and puts energy towards becomes more noticeable because of the familiar neural pathways we've created in our brains. Regardless of the reason, it happens. And it can be very useful to us. However, it may also blind us. Those things we don't expect, that we don't want to know, or that we haven't noticed much before, they remain hidden from our conscious mind. Like our keys laying on the side table under the key rack. This can be a problem. In about 1820, Martin Fugate, a French orphan, settled in Kentucky near Troublesome Creek with his new red-headed bride, Elizabeth. They had seven children four of which were absolutely blue. That was the beginning of my Smurf heritage. I did say Smurf, you know, those kind of shy little blue cartoon characters that we used to watch on TV on Saturday mornings. The ones who were the stars of the 2011 and 2017 movie releases, The Smurfs and The Lost Village. Except my ancestors are real, blue people, shyly hiding away in Troublesome Creek, Kentucky. Martin and his lovely bride got the blue thing going. The blue fugates, shades of blue, went from dark blues to light shades, and sometimes just at birth to staying with them throughout their entire life. But other than being a different color, they were healthy and happy folks, who generation to generation often lived into their 80s and 90s. But they were blue, and they hid in the hollows. They were shy, and in time they became afraid for outsiders to see them. Among those ancestors was a very blue little gal that was married to a fine man who refused to even mention her skin color. 
bring it up, and he would just walk away from you. But it was obvious. She looked like she was beyond freezing to death, or had held her breath for a long time, or had taken a bath in blue dye. He knew. He had seen plenty of other blue folk. But he never said a word about his wife being blue. He just wouldn't see it. Anyway, after a few more generations, there came a point where there were a number of blue fugates scattered about Troublesome Creek, Ball Creek, Copperhead Hollow, and the Cumberland Plateau. It was the early 1960s, and an outsider moved into the area, Dr. Madison Cowen, a hematologist from the University of Kentucky, who specialized in blood disorders. The blue folk were especially shy of strangers. The doctor and his nurse were aware of the stories about the existence of the blue folk in the hills, but didn't know what to think at first. But then, on occasion, they would see a, a blue at the top of a ridge, and they would rush up to meet them. But by the time they got there, the indigo ghost would have disappeared into the trees. Dr. Cowan guessed the blue folk might have a heart problem, a breathing disorder, or a skin condition. But it wasn't until Rachel and Patrick Ritchie came into the hazard clinic while Dr. Cowan was on duty that he really got a look. The brother and sister were close cousins of the Fugates, and they were, as the doctor put it, they were bluer than heck. Well, he didn't say heck. And Dr. Cowan noted they seemed shy, apparently ashamed to be seen and judged. But they wanted to know if a doctor could help them to not be blue. He checked their breathing, their hearts, and their skin, and they were completely healthy, just blue. Being a hematologist, he of course drew blood, lots of it, and tested it for everything he could think of. But all the tests were normal. Then, digging through medical literature, he found a record from the 1800s of a rare genetic condition that affected the hemoglobin of the blood and turned the person blue because of one missing enzyme. Back to hazard he went to get more blood from Rachel and Patrick Ritchie. He borrowed an old Jeep and convinced Rachel and Patrick to introduce him to their Uncle Zack, Big Man Fugate, and Aunt Bessie, who was busy boiling the laundry in a big iron pot over a fire out in front of the cabin, and a few others who were also quite blue. Then, back to the lab he rushed and tested the blood again. Yep, that enzyme, diaphorase, wasn't there. Strangely, the cure ended up being simple ingestion or injection with a blue dye called methylene blue. Now, the folks didn't think that made much sense. Perhaps this doctor was a bit nuts, taking a blue dye to make them pink, but it worked. So, here's the ounce. Often, what we see as inferior, less valuable, or even ugly is just not any of that. The blue fugates convinced themselves that being blue wasn't so good, and they became ashamed and hid from the outside world, to deal with blueness, some just refused to acknowledge it. But my ancestors, the Blue Fugates, were just regular people. Their color had nothing to do with who they really were. But almost could see, especially outsiders, was that they were blue. It wasn't until the brave brother and sister, Rachel and Patrick Ritchie, decided to open themselves up and look for help that change could be made. We as humans need to keep our eyes open so we can see what's there. The obvious, the surprising, the unexpected, and what we love. Even the stuff we don't like much. Acknowledge it. Accept that it's there, whether it's good or bad. Only then can you genuinely enjoy the good of living. And humbly work to change the less than good for better. And that's it. An ounce submitted for your consideration. <laughs>
Thank you for listening, subscribing to, and sharing an ounce. I'm Jim Fugate, and I'll catch you next time. Hey, check out our YouTube videos at youtube.com forward slash at an ounce podcast. That's youtube.com forward slash at symbol an ounce podcast.